So this is the Hipster Snack, and today we are bringing you more Tomodachi Bro goodness. Joining me today are the bros, Clockwork Fiction. Hello. I was about to say, that's your cue. You got zapped on by a dinosaur. It's, so it's, it's, yeah. Reaction time's a bit dulled now. Yeah, I got I to gotta wake up here a little bit. Stop, stop, stop. So, and also, obviously, is uh, Mr. Dutaku. I am armed and bear e dangerous. He, he has a bear. It's very, mm-hmm. very scary. Oh, she's not very scary. She's just a bear. She's she's sitting by me right now. I can barely believe it. You know, I, I've been threatened more than once to be sent to the moon by my parents for bad puns <laughs> like that. So. <laughs> well, I mean, fair. So today, uh, let's kick it off with our brief nerd news segment. What have you guys? Uh, brought to the table today. All right, uh, I'll go first. Uh, quick, uh, quick punch. Just uh, punches. Uh, Evo is going on right now at the time of this recording. Lots of fun to be had. Uh, game announcements. Uh, they're working. Fer- uh, uh, the KOF developers are working furiously on the new Garo game. Garo, Garo, uh, Fatal Fury, a uh, game. Uh, Baldur's Gate Three came out. Out, uh, lots of fun to be had there. If you're a D and D fan, they've been working very, very hard to make it as D and D specific as possible within the Baldur's Gate series. And there's also a ton of little things here and there, which is really interesting and not uh, enough. To, I can't throw into the uh, can't throw it into the segment without taking two hours. Unfortunately, uh, there is a rumor going around. And I, a couple of websites have uh, talked about it, and I've been kind of keeping up with it that the at the around the midsection of 2024, they're supposed to either announce or possibly release. Our Nintendo is supposed to release a Nintendo Switch 2, uh, which there's not really a lot of details or anything, but they apparently a couple places are like, yeah, it's 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 coming around, it's coming around. So we'll, I'll keep an ear on that and see what's going on. Uh, Project L was at Evo that a lot of people have been interested in. It is in. It's pretty much a 2v2 fighter a la uh, like uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 1 or Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, whichever one you would like to think of first. Uh, lots of crazy mechanics. Uh, really, really stylized and looks really, really nice. Uh, can't wait to get my actual hands on it. Um, if you are a fan of... Or not Cyberpunk, that's the wrong one. If you're a fan of Jet Set Radio, of Jet Set Radio Future, the spiritual successor, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, releases this month. I believe it was the 20th. I could be wrong on that. I do apologize. As I did not have it right up in my in my eyes at the moment. Uh, if you do like that, we'll check that out. And then one and then one little uh, story that caught my eye that I thought be real that was really, really interesting. Uh, the company that made Remnants, Gunfire Games, released Remnant 2. They had an issue while during development that they didn't want all of their uh, secrets, pretty much secrets of the game, to be really or to be just exposed by data miners. Uh, but instead, instead of doing that, they decided to make a puzzle in the game where one of the archetypes you could play uh, was hidden uh, behind kind of like a puzzle. 
And the long and short of it is, is that it came up to a corrupted door that nobody could access or open until a gentleman using the handle Bra- Brut, Barut, B-A-R-U-T, however you want to say that, uh, with the with 12 Red Bulls and chat GPT uh, was able to systematically find out that uh, – Apparently, there is one. There's a couple of corrupted items you can equip to make a what they call a full corrupted build, and you can open the door with it. It it uh, and there's apparently nothing in the game that would point you to that. You had to either figure that out yourself or data mine the game um, and use uh, the hints that were given to you. Likewise, and I want to say that was a that is a very very interesting way of. Getting uh, getting your players uh, interested uh, in the game, even if they're not actually playing the game. <laughs> That's one way of doing it. Well, okay. That sounds like something that I would have done as a DM. Speaking <laughs> of, you know, speaking of, oh, we're, we're we're in the we're in the Dungeons and Dragons factory, you know. It's like Gary Gygax was, you know, Henry Ford, and we're here. Here we are at the Dungeons and Dragons assembly line, and you notice the little gnomes, and they're they all got their little scribe pens, and they're making sure that every there's top quality trademark Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, and a correction. August, August 18th is when Bomber Server comes out, not the 20th. I was two days off. <laughs> but yes, that is my uh, news that I have written down. Everyone go ahead and make, go to Clockworks House. That's 24 Clockwork Lane. Go there and tar and feather him. Be sure to do that. Mm-hmm. He's a button boy. Don't worry. For, they they for, for, crabs. They don't for feel correcting pain. My, for correcting my misinformation that I have owned up to. Bun, I see how it is. Bun boys are yes. awesome crabs, so they don't actually have nerves. <laughs> they don't feel pain. So you can feel... Perfectly at ease, tarring and feathering him to your heart's delight. Yeah, that's why I play mm-hmm. the tank all the time in Final Fantasy. Yep. I don't feel no pain. Exactly. <laughs> suffering. Uh, my bit of nerd news, uh, I have to complain about something. Surprise, surprise. Uh, they started a new Superman animated series. Spoiler alert, it sucks. It's bad. Like It's really, really bad. And the, the threshold that broke me was they made Mr. Mixapitalik look like a rejected Dragon Ball Super character. And I, yes, I'm mad. I'm mad about it. I saw, I've seen some uh, clips and everything of the show of people complaining about other stuff, like, too. It started Ooh, off but... with the whole, like, OMG, Tomboy Lois Twitter Discord. And I was like, you know what? The DC animated movies typically are really good. So I was like, I should watch a little bit of this. And then I'm like, like Superman's in character that Superman is Superman, but like all the villains suck. A lot of the design changes suck. And I'm sorry. Uh, tomboy Lois Lane is super mid, uh, TAS Lois Lane for the win. Fight me in the comment section. Oof. uh, it sucks. Hear, if you want a good, I hear the torch of pigs for being lit already. <laughs> oh, please. Not my first rodeo. Uh, I'm still I'm still getting comments to this day of people like, how dare you say Final Fantasy X sucked? I'm like, bruh, it's a joke. Just relax. It's, it's just aggressively below average. It's not even terrible. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's impressive for her, like how convoluted and stupid the story got. Yeah. And, I mean, I will say that. 
the story for 10 is absolutely stupid. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, they, I mean, explain to me how, oh, it's time travel. And we have, you know, basically there's a kaiju that is like the sins of this entire world, which basically God wears as a suit. And there's, you know, the hopes and dreams and fears of this one civilization are basically attached to this phantom that is, you know, uh, basically takes the shape of what amounts to an NFL superstar. And that's how we stop this cycle. How is that not stupid? Because that's basically what 10 is. Yeah, no, but like, I'm sorry. Uh, if you guys want it good, animated Superman, we have it. It's called Superman, the animated series. And it was amazing. And I'm going to say it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to start this, this, this uh, entire episode off with a bunch of controversial takes. Uh, Superman, the animated series was better than Batman, the animated series. I'm sorry. It just was. I honestly, I honestly remember it better than I, you know, on the, the, the most I remember from Batman, the animated series is um, there was this one episode where it was all the villains basically uh, playing poker. And um, it was the, the constant joke was the, the um, I want to say killer croc basically this entire thing was like, Oh yeah, how'd you how'd you beat Babbitt? Oh, it's more rock at him. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that episode actually. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I don't so, I don't hate Batman the animated series. I'm just saying Superman was better, and I think it was possibly the best incarnation of the character we've ever gotten. I don't know. I'd argue that the uh, Christopher Reeves films. I like know, that mo- there. I like that movie a lot, especially the first one. There's and, like and four of them. Dude. No, no, no. I'm sa- I, I misspoke. It's like, I liked the first one a lot. Um, the second one was also really, really good. I didn't see three and four. So it's kind of hard for me to weigh judgment all the way across all of them is what I was trying to say. Forehead, forehead nuclear man. Yeah. I, I saw he wasn't like, he wasn't nuclear man. He was nuclear man. Nuclear man. Yes. So uh, uh, do you have any, any nerd news for us? Itaku? Uh, I mean, apart from the fact that I, I started playing Fate Excel Link again because I got it for my Switch, and I'm like, you know, I like this game, and honestly, there's not much else that I really want to play on my Switch right now, and there's not really much that I really want to play just in terms of new games, because every single new game I see, I'm like, wow, okay, let's see what's new. All right, I'm going to go back to playing old things now. So... I'm just, you know, indulging my my love of fate, also my love of the Fate Extra universe. And I, you know, it's one of those things of, you know, if little Jimmy Jimmy came up to me and went, Pitaku, where should I start with fate? I'm like, not Fate Extra. It's like the most convoluted, you know, uh, like subsetting of fate that there is. Yeah, that's, that's true facts. So... That said, actually, Jitaku's uh, love of older games, especially older MMOs, is, is actually why we're here today. Because this sassy little Pugum was like, hey, Snack, there's this game. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, it's a Star Wars game. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, it's an MMO, and it was made by BioWare. And I was like, okay, I'm hitting download. What else do I need to know? <laughs> <laughs> and so we started playing it 
And I'm like, okay, the dialogue is like super Bioware because my, my options for talking are like agree, you know, neutral and disagree, but I agree. And then I end up saying something completely different, unintended and had nothing to do with the particular like train of thought that I was on when I accepted to agree. I was like, this is Bioware as all get out. Yeah, basically, there's this one pro ZD skit that I remember, and I was, and I, I, I distinctly remember when I was telling you about it. I was like, you know, this reminds me of that one pro ZD skit where it's like uh, dialogue <laughs> trees, you know, where they don't tell you what you actually say, and it's like, you know, you you agree. It's like, uh, hello, hello, you sob, agree, yes. <laughs> I'm going to kill your family. It's like, <sighs> I agree with that, but I'm going I mean, to kill you now. Yeah. It's like that. That's basically the way it is. And so I, I was playing a Sith. Uh, I am playing a Sith warrior and like it, I was trying to be, you know, kind of even keeled and, you know, the, 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 you know, completely in control of situation type of character. And yet I was just coming off as like very passive aggressive where I'm like, Oh, you're so strong. I bet you'd be a great warrior of the dark side. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, you are really, really annoying there. My own character <laughs> that I'm playing. That's like, I get a little less of that because as no one at home is surprised to learn, I'm playing a Jedi and uh, it's a guardian is like the broad family and Sage is the specific class that I'm working on. So I'm kind of like the healer of the Jedi and you're like a tank healer. Yeah. Yeah. Tank healer. And my, my whole thing is like, my character is really, really like aggressively earnest. And so she's just like, yes, I had the best masters in the universe. So that's why I'm strong. Obviously. Like it's not, I'm not like amazing as my teachers are super amazing. And I'm like, if you were any more earnest. Like I think you would literally just transform into earnest from the earnest films because you're just like dripping with enthusiasm the entire time. And these weird, quirky little stories that Yutaku and I have been banting back and forth as we get into progressively weirder and weirder territory in these games is like, wow, when Star Wars is good, it's actually like really good. (laughs) It actually has uh, interesting things going on and fun worlds to explore and neat stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And the movies and are not still just... married to like the same three planets and the same like city street. It's like everyone in the story was born on the same city street. <laughs> well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, like the KOTOR games, like KOTOR 1 and 2, which is kind of what these games are based off of, kind of did that too. You know, we can't, we have to go to Tatooine, we have to go to Coruscant. Well, which, I mean, makes more sense because it literally is like the capital of, you know, the entire, like, galactic area. Right. But you have to go to Tatooine. You have to, you know, they go to Dagobah. They have to go to Hoth. You know, it's it's all these, like, places that you go to that they went to in the movies, whereas, you know, it's alluded to. And this is kind of a thing that I, I, I really appreciate in the first trilogy is that there's, like, this, they, they allude to all these things. And, you know, everyone kind of nods and it's like, yeah, that makes sense because they understand that this is, you know, these are other places in this universe. 
Whereas, you know, it's not just, um, I don't know. They're just it's like, not, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's not, it's not, flavor diverting, it's not diverting from the norm that we're, that we're used to, to, it's not like a brand new world or anything like that, that we haven't seen before. They're just kind of going through the, oh, I remember that place from that one movie or show, et cetera, and so forth. Is that what you're trying to go through? Well, kind of, but I mean, I, I think that honestly, the the way that the world was presented in the original trilogy and uh, to a lesser extent to the prequels, um, I mean, because honestly, I think that Lucas had a better handle on it. And, and you know, here's going to be my hot take. It's like, you know, um, all right, even, I, I, you know, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that one guy. Honestly, I'm going to say it. I was there when it happened. I was one of those weirdos that actually saw the prequels like when they came out because I was like a huge. I, I mean, I still am. Star Wars is is a big deal out of my life. One of the very first films, if not the first film I ever saw, was the original uh, episode four with my grandmother and my grandfather. You know, I was three years old and I saw this and I'm like going, wow, this is a really cool movie. There's like, you know, space wizards and there's like airplanes flying around shooting each other. You know, this is awesome. And, you know, so it, it's been a huge, huge part of me, you know, growing up into the incredibly jaded herd that I am now. Hmm. Also, but, um, oh. I was going to ask just between uh, Snek and Detaku, both of you. You uh, Snek said that he played a Jedi. Have any of you played a Sith character in the game yet? I mean, I my main is a Sith warrior. It's okay. basically I am a tank DPS, whereas oh, okay, uh, Snek is a tank healer. I want to. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it's just the way that the game is is kind of weird. How they they kind of like, yeah, you you have your kind of family of of uh, archetypes that you can be, and and then it's further kind of granularized into like specific skill sets. Um, but getting back to my point, I'm like the original. Uh, I was there. Prequels are not as bad. I never thought they were bad. I didn't think that they were. Uh, as good as the original trilogy, but I didn't think they were bad. I mean, I honestly thought that Attack of the Clones was kind of lame there in the middle, but, you know, that might have just been the fact that, you know, even as a, a awkward, weird teenager, I'm like, you know, this is not how people fall in love. Well, it, it also <laughs> it, it also had the unfortunate position of being the second in a trilogy, which is usually the awkward one. And Lucas, Lucas really likes writing political intrigue and clearly does not have a whole lot of experience writing romance. And one of the biggest differences in the original trilogy versus the prequel trilogy is in the prequel trilogy, Lucas was kind of taken off the leash and they were like, okay, just do whatever you want. Whereas in the original trilogy, a lot more of his advisors were like, Hey, you know, maybe we should dial this part back a little bit. And having someone to keep him well balanced really is the secret to getting really good Star Wars stories from the original source material. Uh, yeah. When, when he gets to go nuts, you, you get some pacing issues, which I think was my biggest complaint with the prequel trilogies. It's just like, okay, 
some stuff happens a little bit faster than it should, and some of the timeline doesn't really make sense because in episode four, it made it sound like the Force had not been a religion for like hundreds or thousands of years. But then it turns out that mm-hmm. Order 66 happened like 30 years before. And I'm like, that mm-hmm. that's um that's a little odd because like even if you weren't a Jedi, you at least were like familiar with the concept. Yeah, there were <laughs> Jedi around like you know, that would be like 20 years ago. There wouldn't be, you know, any more, uh, you know, like I, I, like vegetarians. So I have 20, if 20 years from now, there wasn't be vegetarians. People would be like ah, vegetarians. They haven't existed for thousands of years. They're a dead <laughs> religion. <laughs> oh, that's, please, we that's should not be so fortunate. Uh, so I got a confession to make. Oh, I don't like sand. It's so sandy and it gets everywhere. All right, clockwork, you're going down the stairs again. <laughs> that's not how that, that that's not how the quote goes. The kind of go the kind of catch up because I've I've my my thought process has fallen behind when it comes to Old Republic. I've played a lot of it and I wasn't fully aware you guys were playing it. Uh every uh the subclasses, the reason they do that is because every because every class has its own story and there are pretty different from each they're not super different from each other. The three the three classes have like their own story, but I believe the subclasses are all the same. Um the oh, it's like all the Jedi feel- share a story, all the Sith share a story, and like the bounty hunters have their own story yes. kind of thing. Exactly, yes. Um well, the 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 guardian, the guardian Jedi, and the sorcerer or assassin Jedi both have a different story. Uh, oh. It's it's the it's the classes themselves that do that one because it's like you said. There's like I think there's three. There's like three sections. Like there's there's the smuggler, the bounty, or the smuggler, or the Je- the the guardian Jedi, and the sorcerer Jedi. Which the sorcerer Jedi can be like the sage slash the the assassin I and then like the think the game has like- changed since you last played it because that's a little different now. Um, oh dang. Yeah. Mm. Cause what happens is like the stories may still be segregated exactly the way you just described it. But mechanically when you're making your character, I chose a guardian and I had all four archetypes available, but you could also choose like the other one. That's like the more shadowy one, but you will still have all four options. You'll get the different story, I think, but it just allows you to have the mechanical nuance for like what class you want to play. I think. Because I'm playing a guardian, uh, I'm I'm a guardian and, sage. So and um, I like I have to admit playing through a bunch a bunch of both a decent amount of both stories, I like the sis story better. And if you're going what I like to call, which they call the light side route, I just call it the loft the lawful evil route. To be perfectly honest, because it's just like I'm, you're not wanton killing everybody in sight. You're like oh. This guy is kind of, I taught this guy a lesson with my incredible force lightning powers. Now he'll <laughs> listen to me. So instead of killing him, I'm going to use him for my for my for my greater good. Instead of okay, cool, I kill. Okay, cool, I beat you. Now you're dead. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, well, I'm, say, I'm. Yeah, oh, I was going to say. Oh, go ahead. Clockwork. You you play a Sith sorcerer. That is so surprising to me. Wow, I bet you're the strongest Sith sorcerer <laughs> ever. <laughs> See, that's my that's my light side Sith warrior speaking right there. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to spoil any stories. We do get pretty powerful story wise and everything. And this is the and this is the story about the old Republic, which unfortunately is not canon anymore. 
I don't think it is, at least. Well, we'll touch on that momentarily, because I don't want to go to the dark place yet. Um, and also, I did, and also to catch up on Dataku's point about the original trilogy, I did also watch the original trilogy uh, very young. And I never really had a problem with the old video, uh, the old series. But I, I want to preface that I've heard a lot about the, uh, the, the prequel trilogy and how like the original trilogy is as good as it is because it was kind of like as it was explained to me and i don't know if it's 100 percent true or not it's like george lucas has a bunch of ideas and then he has a couple people sift those ideas and pick out the good ones and they make a movie out of it yeah whereas if you it's, just let him want again using again just going crazy and just putting everything in the movie then you get the prequel trilogy which is not terrible but definitely i don't feel as good as the original yeah that's fair. uh it's he's pretty it's pretty infamous that like the things that were cut out of the ot for instance uh if luke if, if george lucas had had his way uh luke would have been in his 60s he would have had a robot head han solo would have been an alien and would have basically been like an Italian Guido style, like slime ball. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I, it, it's pretty clear that, you know, he is very much an idea guy and he needs people who have like strong editorial uh, control over him. Uh, that's the best way he, he works. Um, and I can, I can, you know, speak to that. Uh, yeah. Snack kind of, you know, <laughs> fulfills that for me too uh, i, I help bring you go, in sometimes yeah um but i mean i'll say this you know there's certainly an artistic vision to it i mean the fact that they're still memed 20 years on and it's like part of our collective you know popular culture that we're still like ah hello there general kenobi <laughs> or you know this is getting out of hand oh there are two of them it's like you know we we still like quote it so, you know, there's something there, I think. Yeah, there definitely is. And and even though, I will say, the prequel trilogy is weaker than the OT. Lucas was, again, taken off his leash, and he went a little crazy, and some things he did were not his writing forte. But he dared to do something different, and he tried to, and, and people got really salty. I remember the midichlorian thing was, like, one of those things that, like, a lot of the diehard fans got, like, really bent out of shape about. But... <clears throat> I would argue two points. One, the series is rife with retcons. Luke and Leia were very clearly not supposed to be siblings when the story was first written. And Force, yeah, they literally say. admitted that the Force Ghosts thing was like a, an 11th hour thing where they're like, oh, yeah, it's like if you're that strong with the Force and you die, you become Force Ghost. That's just okay. That's thing. Okay. You know, fanboys, grog nerds, uh, before the femboy, uh, catboy assassins come and kill you. Uh, <laughs> In order to enact Uwu Oder sixty nine, um, just just go back and rewatch uh, Empire Strikes Back. The part where uh, Leia kisses Luke is that the way that siblings kiss each other? Because it is. Because I have a number of little sisters, and we have never smooched like that before. Which is just proof <laughs> that you're never going to become an Isekai protagonist, Itaku. I guess so. Yeah. Unless I already am. I made that joke. I went there. <laughs> and, Dark. And, and like, that's the thing. Cause like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not pretending for an instant that the prequels are flawless, but I am saying there's a lot of value here. And like, do I, when I was a kid, 
I, I should clarify that. I was like a teen, a young teen, when the prequels first started coming out. And my parents had been big Star Wars fans. So, of course. You I, were younger than me. You're younger than me. And yet, yeah. So you would be not even a teen at that point if you're talking about right. episode one. Yeah. So I've, I, I wasn't been like even a teen when episode one happened. So it would have been around the time we were like 11 or 12. Am I remembering mm-hmm. that right? So my parents, mm-hmm. my parents were already Star Wars fans. I got on the train a little bit later than some people did, but I saw the, the original trilogy. I was like, "Oh, this is cool. I'm, I'm, I'm down." And so we went to see Episode One. And Duel of Fates was one of those moments where, like, my jaw just dropped because this has had unreal choreography and cinematography, and that music. Oh my god, that music just. That entire moment with Darth Maul was just one of the coolest things I had ever seen in a theater before. And I was just like, this yeah. is awesome. <laughs> There's a reason why, even though he only has like three lines and he basically is on screen for like maybe 10 minutes, that there's an entire class which basically boils down to uh, in, in you get to do that. Star Wars The Old Republic. You basically become mall and you you effectively get the dual lightsaber and you get to do you know the woohoo i'm flipping around and stuff <laughs> yeah it's he's had a huge impact on how people see uh sith warriors yeah no i'll, I'll tell you guys a fun bit of trivia maybe you knew this and maybe you didn't but the original in the original trilogy lightsabers were actually made out of glass so they couldn't like slam them together at all so the style of fighting you see is more inspired by fencing so the, the the lightsaber fights in the original trilogy are more slow and very deliberate, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying it's different. When they got around to making the prequel trilogy, technology had advanced. They didn't need glass lightsabers anymore. They could break these things for all they cared, and it wouldn't cost them any money. And so they were able to do like flips and throwing them around, doing all this crazy stuff, which... I think Lucas wanted to do from the start anyway, but just couldn't for practical purposes. So it's like you see the way the styles change and evolve as technology advances. And that's just, I think that's just one of those things I think is just really, really cool. Oh, it's like in Toku, the Tokusatsu series from like the uh, 80s, like Kamen Rider Black, you look and you see, and and if you actually look at the choreography, you'll realize they're they're actually not doing like those serious of movements. And I I, I don't recall if it was either you or Cog who were like, you know, the reason why is because of the material that these suits are made out of is actually really, really, really delicate. And they have to be very, very careful. Yep. And yet, well, then you get to Matai Night Daro and they're like, you know, flipping around. And, like, <laughs> Slamming each into each other like, as hard as they can. Yeah. Because like the older yeah, suits like, yeah, would get torn to shreds. Yeah, the, the, the material by the time of Makai Naigaro is actually significantly hardier to the point that they, yeah, they basically could, you know, you know flip around and tumble in these things. Yep. And uh, another thing is they could actually afford to get them wet. Uh, that was actually like a huge problem for a long, long time where they would either have to CG it or just not let the mat- suits get in water. In fact, a, a way they actually made this very dramatic was... Um, Common Rider Fies, where they would have a, the several fights happen along a beach. And as soon as these suits get wet, they got like waterlogged really, really bad. Uh, it wasn't until I believe Common Rider Hibiki was where they completely redesigned the suits and they were like, oh yeah, we have this new material and it's super shiny. Oh, and guess what? We can get it wet and it won't hurt anything. So yeah, that's why you actually see more uh, water themed riders nowadays. 
uh, same kind of technological advancement. It's all, it's all very cool from a behind the scenes standpoint. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I mean, the main, the main thing that I wanted to talk about and the thing that kind of, you know, prompted a lot of our pants back and forth is the fact that like the overarching philosophy for both this, the Sith and the Jedi is like absolutely ridiculous. It is dumb. It is absolutely rock stupid. <laughs> Um, so I can't really speak to the Jedi, but, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to be the one to say this first off. I think the Sith philosophy is fascinating, but at the same time, it's like, it is very much like them going, okay, what's the most evil thing we can think of? And how do we make it like seem palatable that people would go, yes, this is a thing that I'd want to do. The problem is, is that it basically boiled down to Stormwood-drawn philosophy. <laughs> Where they're like, yes, emotion is power. Power will allow you to get stronger so you can dominate your enemies. And that's true freedom. And it's like, all you need is like, you know, blood and soil nationalism. And that's basically Stormwood-drawn philosophy <laughs> from Germany. Okay, here's here's the bit. Like I, I had to look it up, so I don't remember the oath exactly. But the Jedi Code re- reads as follows: There is no emotion. There is peace. There is no ignorance. There is knowledge. There is no passion. There is serenity. There is no chaos. There is harmony. There is no death. There is the Force. This is stupid. <laughs> like there are bits that I get, but like. The, the Jedi are like, oh, we, we are above attachment. We're like these weird Buddhist monks like that supposedly have this weird ascetic training that they're like, oh, we're, we have no attachment. Like, early on... No. Hmm? It, it, kind of, it kind of reminds me, uh, it, they, they were likened the way that they were presented in the prequels. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of inclined to agree with this, that they basically are boiled down to like... Uh, do you not like this? My bear singing to me. She's very upset. I guess she doesn't like the fact that we're bashing the prequels. Um, <laughs> basically, they, they are like, yeah, basically the Jedi are like the mullahs in Iran. And so that just tickled me to and no end because it that reminded me a lot of, in turn, another thing, uh, the, the um, Buddhist Muslim uh, Basically, the Fremen, who are basically Buddhist Muslims, and and that's basically I think would be a good analog to the Jedi. They're they're basically Buddhist Muslims. Now, what you know, sect of Buddhist Muslim they are, I couldn't tell you. There's there's a bit really early in uh, Knights of the Republic, and like that the thing that's irked me to no end. I was sent to this mission where there was a band of Twilight Pilgrims, I swear I'm literate, who were under attack by these things called the Flesh Raiders, who were these, they're basically supposed to be these big dumb animals that happen to inhabit the swamps on this planet, and the Jedi have to be there because like, their home planet is currently dilapidated because the Jedi Temple was destroyed by the Sith in this point in history. So, 
We're here. Gang rise up. <laughs> and what happens is suddenly these flesh raiders are like using blasters and swords and stuff that they like should be well outside of their understanding. So they're like, something is definitely wrong. Someone is leading them. And these, these pilgrims are actually here illegally. As far as the Federation is concerned, we have to do we have to, you know, act and do something, but we don't know if we want to do something. And so they kind of hem and haw for a bit until they're finally like, okay, yeah, we should probably send, you know, a Jedi to actually do something about this. So I, I went and we, we see this this widower whose wife was killed by the flesh raiders, and he's just he's angry and he's calling us out and he's he's pointing out every single wrong thing that the Jedi have done up to this point. And the dude's like hundred percent right, by the way. And my master is just like, oh, this is why Jedi don't have attachment. Because, you know, if a Jedi had attachment and then suffered a great loss, they'd fly off the handle. And then you'd have like a super coked up force user swinging their anger around. And I'm like, so, so instead of going mad with grief, you'd rather them go mad from isolation and loneliness. That, that's, that sucks, master. I'm just going to be honest. That's really dumb. Like, Meanwhile, in the Sith Warrior, uh, they they had a situation where upon the, the dark lore that your uh, apprentice undergoes, oh yeah, the overseer that you know uh, took you in and basically treated you like you know you're like you were one of his children. Yeah, you got to go kill him now because uh, you know he's basically proved to be too weak, and so you're given the choice of either just straight up going okay and just killing him or going hey i don't need to kill you i just need technically speaking i just need your hand so you can just cut off his hand and then let him go so that just seems to be a thing among sith doesn't it no it just seems to be a thing with jedi just cutting (laughs) off. and and it's like but i suppose well i suppose you know if you have a, a sword that can cut through literally anything you know it's one of those, like, well, you know, all you have is a hammer. The entire world looks like a nail. Yep. And, and there are parts of the oath that I generally agree with. Like, the, the, the one in particular, there is no passion, there is serenity, kind of makes me think of G Gundam. It's like, you must have a serene state of mind, Dormon. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, th- there, there is logic to that. Because instead of flying off the handle, you should be able to, to see things as clearly as possible. And like, there is no ignorance, there is knowledge. You should always have an endless hunger for knowledge and learning. Some of these things are sound principle. But to say there is no emotion, there is no chaos, there is no debt, that, that, that is all objectively wrong. And, and like, no, really, no, really it, no, no, it's it. okay. No, no, it's okay. When you die, you'll become an invisible, you know, transparent sprite layer. And you'll be able to talk to people and even interact with people. But don't worry, we're we're unsure if the sequel trilogy is canon or not. Yeah, okay. Let's uh let's get into the really annoying elephant in the room that's been staring at us the entire time. Uh the Disney trilogy sucks. Everything about it sucks. I did a pretty uh, infamous rant about having seen The Last Jedi for free. <laughs> and, like, oh my god, they're bad. And it's to the point now where Disney's, like, debating about rendering them non-canon and starting over. And I'm like, please don't. You're like, you, you've already proven you can't do it. Please don't. Just stop. 
please. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I I have I was I'm going to I was I'm going to be the person that says I would like for them to to restart and do it and throw them in the garbage and try again, except with with actual feeling and, and actual work this time instead of just going to your uh, special effects machine and go churn out a movie. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, personally, at my at, if it was up to me, I'd go no, don't. I, I'd honestly, I'd much rather they just go. You know what? There are six Star Wars movies. We done goofed. Please just, you know, and and then just let it rest at that because the way that modern Hollywood, modern movie makers are going to be, they're, if anything, they're going to do worse if they try it again. So I'm just saying just, just let it, let it rest because, you know, I mean, with how Honestly, is going on right now, it might not happen either way since there's like two strikes going on with the actors and writers. So there's like no one working at the moment. <laughs> oh, no. How oh, terrible. Oh, anyway. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say that, that the writers, what writers? Uh, like, uh, you can't possibly look at the movies of the last couple of decades and, and oh, no, not see the that. least bit like, I'm are we really that. losing anything? <laughs> well, I'm, that's why I'm just trying to say that, like, I don't think anything's being made at anywhere pretty much at this point because of it, uh, because of what's going on. So, oh, I it, it would it we would need to uh, it would need a way to until that goes uh, until that ends to see where that leads to. Probably won't do anything. We'll probably just still get out just just uh, self insert garbage and stuff like that, and like we've been getting for the for the past couple of years now. Oh, as you're saying, I'm just saying is we won't know until. I guess it sorts itself out in some way. Right. If it sorts itself you know, out. You, you know what this, maybe, you know what this means? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll just going to go to, uh, maybe we're just going to live in a world where it's just indie or it's just indie filmmakers now. And people have to actually try again and actually make good movies. I'm not against this you idea know, to be clear. You, you know what this, you know what this means is that we're the, the, uh, <laughs> that guy with the glasses is going to go full circle. And Snack is going to have to actually hire some actors in order to uh, do his April Fool's episode. Oh, there's plenty of them out there probably looking for work right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think that's a bad idea either. If everything just kind of went indie again and you know, kind of worked itself back, it was kind of like it's like the destruction and then the rebirth of uh, and the and kind of the rebirth and everyone trying again. And and not hopefully screwing it up this time. I don't know. <laughs> Again, not against this idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the uh, the one thing that irks me the most since we're on this topic uh, is the fact that when they released the the, the 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 new three movies, or as they were putting them out, they said everything uh, beyond this, everyone beyond this movie that isn't part of the original trilogy or the prequels is now non-canon. Um, all the books, all the side stories, everything that, you know, of the extended universe that they were making, a lot of it, you know, a decent amount of it was actually pretty good to my, to my hearing. I never got to look into a lot of it, but to my knowledge, there's a good amount of actual good stuff out there just suddenly became non-existent, not non-existent, but, you know, like if you wanted to watch or read the Star Wars universe, it didn't make sense anymore, too, since now they're like, nope, that doesn't mean anything anymore. Yep, they decanonized um, basically everything outside of the films. 
Uh, I think the new the new stuff like uh, uh, the Mandalorian, and I think a couple of the other things that has started after the first of the the pre the sequel trilogy the sequel trilogy, you know, is um, is canon in regards because it all because it all kind of stems off the same thing. Okay, but of course, you know, it's. I mean, the Mandalorian, for what it's worth, has been all right. I thought it, I, I watched it. And I thought, well, yeah, some parts is pretty cool. Well, the main thing, the main thing I, um, the main thing I don't like, and the one that's really irked me, <laughs> is that the 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 the, the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy had this kind of big, like, overarching political intrigue plot. You know, oh, the rebels taking on the Empire, or uh, the, uh, the 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 Sith Lord taking over, or, or the Sith Lord. Or the, the that no one knew about now all of a sudden controls the uh, controls uh, the Senate and now uh, uh, uses his power to make an empire, and it's like okay cool so what we're what are we gonna do for the next one? It's like we're going to have we're going to now try to kill the empire or try to or try to end the empire again, and from the new world uh, from the new Sith Lord I'm like okay all right that's work. Clockwork. It has been well documented, and it's said by many people in many places that Disney had no overarching idea what they were going to do. So they were literally making honestly, it up as they went. Yeah, and so don't. I mean, it's it's sad and dumb, but it's one of those things of like, yeah, it's it's well known already that they had no clue what they were doing. Also, the fact that the first movie, the first of the uh, the the sequel, is is very very closely reminiscent to the first uh, to the the first of the original trilogy, which also didn't sit well with me when I first saw it. I was like, "Why are we making? Why are we making the 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 two version it's, of this movie?" It didn't. It's a JJ. It's, it's a JJ Abrams film. Clockwork. I mean, that's what he does. He, all he can do is just. He can make facsimiles of things. He doesn't have any original ideas of his own, I, I swear. Nope. He literally got famous for making a show that the, the entire thing he works off is what's called the mystery box. And don't ask me to explain it in depth because it's a dumb idea. And he literally <laughs> built the show lost off this idea and dragged it out for so long that even the most diehard fans of the series were like, okay, into this stupid show now before things get worse. Like basically, and even the people who liked it hated it. The basically the the entire TLDR you know version of it is he's a master of building anticipation, but he has never ever 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 been able to actually pull it off. Um, I mean, honestly, I I would argue that you know, you know, not for nothing, considering I'm basically you know his idea guy himself. Uh, you know, I think Snacks, you know, you're, you're the way that you've kind of hinted at things with throughout our April Fool's videos has been better <laughs> paced, and, you know, than anything that JJ has done. Which is even course, funnier be- because it's coming from the same position of I have no greater plans. I'm literally making this up year to year. <laughs> Uh, you say that, and yet you know there's there's been situations where we we've had plans like for three years, where like you know it'd be really funny if we ended this entire thing on a giant space station, and it ends with them having a, a super weapon that shoots uh, crystal Pepsi 
at the planet and they're like, no, we need to stop it by drinking all the crystal Pepsi. <laughs> then you'll be back next year. Yes, but don't ruin it. Next year. Hey guys, I'm back. <laughs> It's yeah, almost like no, there that, is that, that, there's some deliberate actions being taken, that's for sure. Yes, I mean, one of these days we're actually going to actually uh, have to explain and show off like the process that we we do in order to write those. <clears throat> yeah, I, I should. I should also do like a, I could do a top ten countdown of like. This is how the April Fools were originally going to go, and this is how they turned out. Because there is so much changing behind the scenes, you guys don't even know. There was an entirely additional bit of the uh, Shadow of the Hedgehog, yeah, which was, was supposed a, to end. Another ending that never saw the light of day. Yeah, it was supposed to. There was supposed to be a bit that, that parody um, Planet, Planet of the, of the Apes, Apes, where where Snake turns. Turns turns towards the uh, turns and sees just a broken Statue of Liberty, a fat Pikachu, and he's like, "You idiots! You blew it all up!" But we couldn't get the assets in time. Yep. So we just axed the entire thing. So yeah, there, there's a good, a good. Uh, it's a hero, a dark, and a true ending. So there was no actual neutral ending, even though I deliberately made it a point to talk about all the different endings before the endings happened. Uh, also, there was oh. going to be deepest lore about Snek Jr., who was one of the most pointless cameos I've ever made. Reading a little off topic here. We'll have an episode where we talk about the April Fool's specials in particular, though. I mean, that entire thing was basically just me going, you know, it was really funny in Kamen Rider Kiva at the very end when they're like, <laughs> Grandpa, Dio Fangers! Uh, no. End of this show. End of this advertisement for the next Deno movie already. <laughs> so, like, and... Yeah, you see, the thing is, the, the point we're making about in a, in a very roundabout, Albuquerque-esque fashion is, like, Star Wars can be absolutely amazing. And the reason it's part of the cultural consciousness, especially in the English-speaking world, as much as it is, is specifically because that is a true statement. It can be so, so very good. You have, you know, the first six films, you have cool stuff like Knights of the Old Republic, you have stuff that's so bad that it wraps around it as being legendary, like the Christmas special. I mean, it's just amazing. <laughs> You know, that actually killed me. And in, in I saw the I, I watched the first season of Mandalorian as well. And it killed me when they actually mentioned Life Day. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God, <laughs> bringing that up. Wow. That is amazing. <laughs> that That is truly amazing. I, I'll say the first season is pretty good. I, I hear it kind of goes downhill after that. I haven't watched anything after but I can vouch for the first season. That's fair. It's a uh, very spaghetti westerny, which you know, to be perfectly honest, pretty much half I would argue of, of Star Wars is spaghetti western. The other half is you know old Flash Gordon serials. 
It is. And, and the thing, one of the things I do respect about Star Wars is it embraces that retro, the future is shiny kind of sci-fi. And I miss that aesthetic. We need to bring it back. Yeah, kind of. I mean, uh, it, it definitely, you, you can see aspects of it, but I mean, you, you look at like the main hero ship, the Millennium Falcon, it's a rundown piece of junk. So yep. you kind of get both the, the grungy, you know, like the, everything in the future sucks. But, you know, at the same time, it's like you literally are in like space Arkansas for a good chunk of the series. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I called Tatooine space Arkansas. What you can do about it. <laughs> uh. So are you going to join us in playing uh, SWOTOR there, Clockwork? I mean, I could load it back up. I don't mind. Um, I got to get, I haven't really got, I've kind of not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Here, I haven't been playing a lot of MMOs recently. I've been stuck on Street Fighter and been playing some Diablo and stuff like that. So I just haven't had time. Um, I could try to, I could try to jump on it though again, see where I was at, see what changed. Cause yeah, it was because I remember the classes being split and not and not the. Because uh, I remember, if I remember correctly, the biggest difference in like the guardian and the warrior was one of them, or the warrior had two lightsabers and the guardian just had one, but was you know tankier and had like defensive buffs and everything, and the warrior had more like attacky stuff because he had two lightsabers. Actually, so that was wanted- that was something I wanted to mention, by the way. Um, because I, I, as I said, I, I have had the, the Sith warrior and I, I honestly think that that story was far better paced in terms of the way they presented you with like big upgrades like that. Uh, because you basically, in order to get your first lightsaber, your first actual lightsaber, you have to, um, collect these bits of a mosaic in these tombs in order to then bring them to your master, in order to be sent to another tomb, in order to kill a Sith zombie and steal that guy's lightsaber. Whereas for the Sith assassin, it literally is your master going, oh, here's my old lightsaber. You know, don't don't drop it somewhere. And she just gives you it. And it's like, wow, that is very anticlimactic. There's no like greater struggle. It's just literally she just pulls it out of her robe and just hands it to you. <laughs> yeah, I think and and um, I think the funny thing is with the is when I was doing the when I was doing a Jedi run, I was kind of trying to do like a neutral Jedi run, and where I wasn't overly good, but I wasn't overly bad. And, and I was just like, I mean, bad Jedi is just, you know, Jedi that's leaning towards the dark side, but doesn't actually go to the dark side. I, in a way, because I mean, I don't think there's a, I don't think a game will let you do anything too bad that would, you know, make everybody question your Jedi I, motives in a way. I disagree. <laughs> One of the very first decisions in my playthrough was like, there's this dude controlling the Flesh Raiders. And one of the dialogue options that I find him is, hey, let me join you. Yeah, I think that would definitely have made me the bad guy. (laughs) You know, I I honestly had to wonder, because I I started a uh, Jedi 
And I, I saw a flesh raider. I'm like, no, this can either be one of two situations. This can either be, you know, like the very beginning of Planet of the Apes where they're like, oh, you know, the, the monkeys have guns, but they don't really understand what's going on. Or is this terraformars where they're like, yes, we understand. You guys don't think we understand, but we do understand. And that's what makes this dangerous. Mm. So, yeah, I'm just, I guess ultimately, I'm just, I'm trying to think back on my playthrough about other stuff, but there's some story bits. I don't want to spoil if you guys decide to go play the Sith route, uh, because there is a character you get, which has a kind of a funny situation that happens with them um because of the because of the conundrum you put them in but it's it but i'm like that's that's pretty story that's not story specific but it is character specific i think i believe it's it is true as well especially in an mo i didn't i don't i didn't know this could happen but there are characters that join your team that are permanent characters but it seems like you can not have them join or like you can you know you can as you said you, the flash area could join you i'm like well that would have been that probably a, per, a permanent party member that you could have around you it would give you dark side points yes but you could just you know do good light side stuff and you know have the character depending if you're role playing or you're just playing the game or not or whatever you're wanting to do but it's just like i could have eaten the character i'm thinking of i could easily have not gotten them because there was an option for me to just kill them <laughs> If I wanted to, if I was just going the murder hobo Sith route, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I'm playing the goodiest of goody good Jedi types. So, like, I think the only time I've actually, like, made it a point to lash out at someone was when the council was like, oh, we, well, the, the Twi'lek are technically against, here against Republic rules. We should just kind of let them die. And I was like, you're, you're, you're terrible for thinking that. Like, what is wrong <laughs> with you? My mentor was like, oh, it's, we technically work for the Republic, so you might want to keep that on the DL. And I was like, but they're, they're condoning this. I'm not okay with this. Meanwhile, you know, I, my Sith warrior has moccasins made out of, you know, their dead classmates. Because they're like, yeah, I keep walking on dead corpses. <laughs> walking on sunshine. <laughs> walking on dead people. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, that that is a good that is a decent MMO. If anything, out of the ones I have played, I have played a a bit in the. I I I haven't put a ton of like a ton of time into it. I've played a couple of different routes and everything. I think the most I've played though, I think is I got pretty close to max level. I think I might have gotten the max level with my Sith Sorcerer, at least in the story. As I remember, there was a point where I did have. I didn't think I had much story to go through besides doing side quests and are doing uh, missions in planets I never actually visited. Um, and I remember there was a, there was some content that I never did because I didn't feel like going through the side, that content, but that was, that was mainly side content too. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I also do know, I think you get a decent amount of bonuses for certain things. If you do decide to subscribe to their thing, I don't remember what it exactly was, but I think it's like faster experience gain and stuff like that too. Yeah. So if you if you do enjoy the game, it is it is uh, it is uh, behoven to I, don't, I think that's the word I'm looking for to or it, would be, it would behoove you to uh, to to subscribe for the bonuses if you plan on playing the game long term because the bonuses will make it the game a bit easier to get through certain things and not have to grind out as much. 
if the game is is is, is around the same uh when it comes to content like that as i remember but it seems like some stuff have changed recently so i'm not 100 sure on that because it is a free-to-play game yeah <laughs> i mean you have to make the money somehow it, it seems from what i've been what i've seen is that basically if you subscribe and even if you stop subscribing as long as you have subscribed for at least one month then you get access to pretty much all the uh all the expansions and everything and you can get to max level and you get a lot of the almost all the perks of being an active subscription um but you don't have to be an active subscription that makes any sense you can play for free you just get extra stuff if you sub yeah so that's pretty pretty fair in that respect and honestly i'm having a lot of fun so i I admit i'm tempted Well, I mean, that would allow you to get your Twilight. Yes, that is true facts. You see, Sage was, was among my first choices, but due to my, my previous run in KOTOR, dual-handed lightsabers is where it's at. And that's a different class. That's a straight deeps class. So I swore to myself I would make it so I could unlock Twi'lek and make a crazy backflipping like ninja DPS Twi'lek with double lightsabers. That is the goal. And other doubles. And other double things that goes without saying. Wait, you talking about the <laughs> the, the, the dual the, the dual lightsaber? You talking about yes. the one lightsaber in each hand lightsaber? The, the one in, one in each hand. Oh, if I could do a double ended lightsabers in each hand, that would be even cooler. To be fair, you could do that. that would be very ungainly. <laughs> you, you could do that. You can do that if you pick the assassin clo- the assassin DPS in the in the uh, sorcerer route for both. I think I think both the. Uh, well, they have it now where you can actually get some abilities from other classes. I don't 100% know how that works because you have to play a bit further into the game than I am. But yeah, that's like a thing now. Uh, I don't think I've even gotten that. And I'm like level 15 on my warrior. I actually just got to the uh, uh, Sith capital um, because Darth, Darth Barris is like, Good, you're finally my official princess. Now go to the capital so I can, you know, parade you around and, you know, mock the other Darth Lords because they'll be like, hey, look at my cool new main character. He's so, she's so cool and strong. Cool. And look at her eyeliner. It's so cool. Come shine evil. I gotta say too, you know that's that is a thing with all the the uh, Sith characters. They all seem to have really, really, really good eyeliner, and everyone is like, they they all you know have that down. It's like you know, enter the Sith Academy. Here's you know your eyeliner. Here's your heavy makeup. Make sure you apply it because you need to look evil. Hmm. That's what that's what I got. I mean, if you're if you're talking about like the character that I made, like I said, I'm not evil in the sense of the well, murder hobo sense. I'm larger plan, larger scale type of evil. You know what, Clockwork? If you if your Sith sorcerer is anything like Zen, I think you know what you're you being like. Yes, I'm a bigger bigger plan person. You will kill more people through your quote-unquote bigger plan than if you were actually like trying to kill them 
Maybe, but I'm also not in hell. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Not so let's yet. say the, the <laughs> theology in terms of afterlife in Star Wars is a bit open to interpretation. Anyways. Uh, All right. So, yeah. honestly, I, I think we've run this topic deliberately into the ground. Uh, how about much. you? Yeah, I think so as well. I don't really have much else to go on. Fair enough. So, gentlemen, uh, thank you for joining me on this fair evening, which for most people is Always. a Wednesday morning. <laughs> Always a pleasure. And uh, be sure to all you people at home to like, comment, and subscribe and all that other shilling stuff I'm obligated to do. And uh, thank you to Mr. Clockwork Fiction and Mr. Ditaku for being awesome, as always. As always. What I knew. And uh, we're going to see you guys next time. Have a good one. I'll be there, Zane. Thank you for listening to the Tomodachi Brothers Review Podcast. Produced and recorded by The Hipster Snack, Ditaku, and Cog. Sound design and editing by executive producer Sean Taylor Brown with Cog Sound Engineering. Music written and performed by Sean Taylor Brown with Costas Voss of Core Insight Studio on the drums. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.